Good to see everybody here this morning. If you're a guest, welcome. We love, we're at Grace Point Church. We love Jesus, and we love to have fun. And I hope you remembered every announcement that was saying to you, because we're going to have a test at the end of the service. But if you're a guest, welcome again. We know you could have went other places, but you came here, and we really appreciate you coming. And I just wanted to say this before we get started in the message. Last week, we celebrated our 18th month um, uh, campaign milestone. And for those who gave uh, to the campaign, who gave who, and started giving, who continue to give, thank you so much. We're still rallying the numbers. Next week, we'll be able to make an announcement how much we received, what God's been doing. But really, we couldn't do anything without you uh, being involved in that. We are so much appreciate what you've done and what you continue to do. So, and we're seeing God do amazing things. So thank you so much. If you, again, today we're going to start a new series called Outrageous Joy. How many would say that you feel like you have a lot of joy this morning? Two people. Wow. Okay, let me try. Okay, let me X that question off. All right. Um, otherwise, but today, Outrageous Joy, we're going to spend the next four weeks in the book of Philippians, and we're going to learn from Apostle Paul, the one who should not even talk about joy, the one that, in fact, he wrote this letter in, in prison. He wrote Ephesians in prison, the book of Colossians in prison, also Philemon, the book uh, he wrote in prison. He had no reason to say anything about joy, but he was able to find joy from the true source of joy, who's Jesus Christ. And we're going to spend time in Philippians. We're going to bounce around. You can go home this week and start reading from um, chapter 1 to um, chapter 4. It's only four verses, but it's an amazing book. It's a personal letter to the uh, Philippians church. They were very personal with Paul. They're the ones that helped him in his uh, missionary journey. On his second missionary journey, he's the one that planted that church. And these people were very special to him. And the reason why it's special, he talked about how much they supported him, but also he knew what his days were numbered. This book and also 2 Timothy, if you want to know what Paul was thinking in his last days, go to this book. You'll see exactly his heart being shared about how it is to be in prison, how he is to share the gospel, and how God had moved up, did that in a special way for other people to come to know Jesus. So it's really a great book. And today we're going to call Joy and Exhaustion. How many would say today, I'm exhausted, Pastor Rich? I got ooh and a high, and everyone's afraid to raise their hand, but your face says, yeah, you're exhausted. I can tell. Well, anyway, today we're going to actually talk about being exhausted, how we can find joy in, ex in exhaustion. And really, today, if you know about trying to have energy today, how many love them uh, five-hour energy drinks? Tell the truth. The monster, monster drinks. The ones that make your mind just spin off. <laughs> See, I, I, can't, I can't drink that because my mind's already running and I'm already hyper. If I start drinking a monster drink, we'll be here at 7 o'clock tonight. <laughs> but then we want this quick burst of energy, quick burst of joy. And they say, if you take it, your life will change. And you will take it, and all of a sudden you'll crash and your life will really change. But all those things, go, no, go pills, all those things that we take, why? To find joy in our exhaustion, to find energy where we're exhausted. And really, we're going to start, and if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Philippians chapter 3, verses starting in 12, talking about joy and exhaustion. And my hope and my prayer today is if you are exhausted from the wrong things, that you'll come to life on the right thing. His name is Jesus. I'm going to start reading. He said, not that I have already obtained this, already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus made me his own. 
Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. Everyone say that one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind me and straying forward to what lies ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let those who are mature think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in, intim- in Im- imitating me and keeping your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you, and now I tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is in their belly, and their glory is in their shame, with their minds set on earthly things. But your, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him under the subject of all things to himself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for the Holy Spirit to come. We're not praying that you give us information. We're praying you give us revelation. Father, I pray as we take our attention off things that might exhaust us, we'll put our things on the one that energizes you. Lord, we just thank you as we learn this week, as we learn today about the world of exhaustion that we even live in and walk in, how even turning on the TV can be exhausting, hearing news can be exhausting. Lord, all the things around us that will try to sap our energy, Lord, let us turn our hearts and our minds totally to you, that we're able to overcome that which will exhaust us and help others to overcome that which exhausts them. So we thank you this morning, God, for your great power, your great grace, and your amazing love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, this morning is joy and exhaustion. When you read this scripture, you see Paul uses a metaphor of running a race as athletic. And I love Paul when he uses things. He uses farming. He uses uh, athletic race. Now, when I wrote this down, I wrote down two things. There's two types of Christian uh, races, Christian race, and then there's the rat race. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of theological words. You can go look them up when you get home. The first word is justification. You know anything about justification? When we all were sinned and God and Jesus came and died on the cross for us, we accepted Christ. We would deserve, we deserve death. Well, Jesus died, took our sin on the cross. We gave our life to him. He wiped our record clean. So we are uh, not guilty, and that means we've been justified by Christ. Everyone track with me. And then you have the end of, the, uh, of the, our, our walk with Christ called the glorification. When we get called up with Jesus, and then he changes us and transforms us. He gives me back my afro and all those other things I've been missing here on earth. He transforms all those things. And I'm look my, I will look like him. I'll have a new body and look just like him. They call it glorification. Now, here's the greatest thing. In between justification and glorification is where we live most of our time. Sanctification. Sanctification means we were set apart. Now, the Bible says we've been sanctified when we gave our life to Jesus, but we're being sanctified every single day to be more like him. Are you tracking with me? Well, we spend most of our time is in sanctification. Now, how do you do that? If you try to do that in your own power, it can be very exhausting. Very exhausting about how do I live my life the way Christ wants me to live, and not mess up, not make mistakes. And God says, my grace is sufficient. That's why I love the word repentance. 
Some of our parents here this morning, you brought your children to work, I mean the, to church, and you had a, a, a morning this morning. They said something in the car, and you said something back, and your face changed, and you walked in here, and they took off, and you came here to communion, and you repented. And now Pastor, um, Pastor Donna has them in the back, and you're like, thank you, Lord. But you could leave yourself, I can't believe I said that to them. I can't believe I acted that way this week. If you're walking in your own strength. Sanctification is a process, but we're helped so much by the Lord. So there's two races. The Christian race is sanctification. Look what? Be more like Jesus. And then I call it the rat race. You chase after the success of the world. You know the American dream that we're all chasing after. Now I looked this up. I looked up what the rat race meant. And it says this. A rat race is an endless, self-defeating, or pointless pursuit. Wow. The phrase equates humans to rats. Attempting to earn a reward sets as cheese. In vain. It may also refer to a competitive struggle to get ahead financially or routinely. It says this. The term is commonly associated with exhausting, repetitive lifestyle that leaves no time for relaxation or enjoyment. Am I talking to someone here this morning? And here's some of the signs if you're stuck in the rat race. First one is, you're very unhappy on your job. You're living in the past. It was always better back then. You're giving up hope on things getting even better. I don't think it can get any better than this. You ever hear people say that? You lack purpose in your life. You have low energy and lack enthusiasm. Church service. so exhausted. Pastor John, you better pump me up. <laughs> then you walk out of here. <laughs> there you go. Now you're smiling. You look like Jesus is your Lord. Your health is suffering. You feel powerless to affect change. <laughs> you become negative in relationships. Your future looks grim. That's what they call those who are running the rat race. Now, I had a, a uh, um, clip I want to show you from a movie I love. It's called The Rat Race. The guy was back in the 90s. They made the movie. You got to look at the sanitized version. Don't get the version that's uh, on. But it's really funny. It's about seven people who are told in your life, and it's told that guys in Silver City, I think it's Arizona, there is... Uh, uh, a locker with two million dollars in it, and I need you to go and you guys race and get this two million dollars. Now here's a clip of what the world looks like when it's chasing after things that will not last.
rough. Yes, they are, the rat race. Trying to get that money, trying to get a position, trying to get that house, trying to get that relationship, trying, trying, trying for something that will perish. That only gives you temporary happiness and then invest it, it ends as it gets old. And today we're going to ask about what is joy? It's a supernatural thing we give, supernatural empowerment from God. And if you look at the scripture here, now this is Paul, remember, he's in prison. Shipwrecked before, left for, stoned and left for dead. Now, if someone stones me and, and leaves me for dead, do you think I'm going to get back up and go back and preach the gospel or I'm going home? He gets back up and goes back in. And here's the guy in prison, about ready to die, and he's talking about joy. He starts off, three, um, Philippians 3, 1 says, My brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Which means, rejoice means be cheerful in the Lord. Not in your job, not in anything else, in the Lord. And then he starts off in verse 12, he wants us to rejoice in your progress. Not perfection, this is sanctification. How many perfections do I have here in the morning? Here. Right? Perfection is where you are. It's exhausting trying to live your life with God and everything you have to keep everything perfect. You live your life like this. If I make a mistake, I have to go all the way back. And he didn't call, he said, progress, progress, progression. Look at verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Paul, in his wisdom, in them days, was persecuting the church. You go to Acts chapter 9, Jesus comes to see him personally and changes his life and changes the direction of his life in chapter 9. Like he said, he took hold of him. Same thing today. God has taken care. If you're a born-again believe, born believer, God is taking hold of you. Remember, we have a Savior that came looking for us. We didn't go looking for him. Jesus came when he invaded earth. He was looking for salvation. He wasn't, I mean, we weren't looking for him. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straying toward what is ahead. Now, verse 13, 12 and 13 says, Paul's saying, I'm not perfect. I'm progressing. And I'm unable to choose Jesus because Jesus chose me first. Isn't that amazing? Now, here's the greatest thing about it. I love 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. He says, I am not perfect. Everyone say, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. Now, I just took you up. Everyone, when you come to a church, somebody think everyone in the church is perfect. No, they're progressing. They're not perfect. If they were perfect, we wouldn't need a Savior. Amen? So, he loved us first. Again, Paul with the background he had in religion, tribe of Benjamin, major tribe, circumcised on the eighth day, amazing brother in the word. And he says, I'm learning. Look at verse 13. He says, the one thing I do. Now, here's the thing about single-minded, being single-minded undistracted, he was locked in. You know the biggest threat to a Christian is distraction. Isn't that amazing? It's distraction. When you're supposed to be doing one thing, you keep doing a hundred things and nothing becomes the main thing. 
And Paul was saying, my main thing is to be more like Jesus. Nothing else. If it's not me making, G, uh, making Jesus Lord of my life, but also helping other people be Jesus become their life, everything else I throw to the side. Versus I don't have all this religious activity that leads to nothing. What he says here. He says, I forget. Now, what is he forgetting? Verses 1 to 11, he's talking about how he is a Pharisee. He was a, he was a major player in the, in the church, prosecuting the church. He was trained by the best. He said, I have my own righteousness. I was self-righteous. He said, also said this, that I heard Got a hold of Jesus. Everything that I learned, everything I, who I am in the past, I call it rubbish. Some of your, some of your uh, translations say dung. I call it rush, rubbish to really to gain this unsurpassing knowledge of God. I drop all that, the education, upbringing, and I, my job now, that is just trash. I am not going to live my life on my past successes. I am not going to be a Pharisee. I'm going to be an ever-learning person of Christ. I'm going to be a student of Jesus. Forgetting is an ongoing process. Because how many know we think so, sometimes we think we have arrived? Don't we? We really think we, we have arrived. And we forget. You know we're near it. He said, I will not rest on my past success Ongoing process, I love, especially when it comes to distraction, what Nehemiah says about distraction. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. I'm not coming down. I don't have no time for that. But the amazing thing about it, his past can become a barrier to his present and future. It didn't become a barrier. Let's press on to verse 14. I press toward the goal to win the prize from which God has called me heavenward. Verse 14, that word press, that means I pursue toward the goal. What is the goal? Move closer to Jesus. What is the goal for our lives? To be more like him. More like the unsurpassing knowledge. I want to I attain to the resurrection of the dead. We saw I want to attain the glorification. I want to attain to where Jesus has taken me. He said the goal, the call, the goal isn't here. The goal is at the finish line up there where you get, who's the prize? Jesus. He's the prize. I love Colossians 3.1. If you didn't have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated in the right hand of God, which means a place of authority. Look where your real life is, it says in verse 4. He's your life. Jesus is our life. Not this place. Because if you don't press, you'll become depressed. If you don't press, you'll become depressed. What are you talking about, Pastor Rich? Well, when you're leaning up and you're going for Christ, you're heading toward Jesus and you want to be more like him, he has a way of pulling you up and do great things. When you're living for your own talent and your own ability, you're going to disappoint yourself and become depressed. And you have this downward thing. This the, let me tell you about this world. It's a downward pull, downward. Everything's here to press you down, gravity. Had a friend. That we were out, I lived, in, when I was out in Las Vegas, my first, my first TDY I went to, a friend of mine. I went out and worked on his airplane that morning. And we're in uh, Las Vegas. He takes off. Now out there in the mountains, 
there's a certain time when it gets hot, there's air that will push down. There's a, uh, what we call vapor that will push you down um, that's coming in there. You come in the wrong way, you're going to crash. Well, he goes in, hits his target. He's coming into the valley. He's trying to climb up out of the valley. He's pulling back on the stick as far as it can go. He's taking all, all of the thrust he can. He's putting that thing all the way as far as it can go, as fast as it can go. He said, the more I did that, the faster I was sinking. Sounds like a life without Jesus, doesn't it? He said, I did what you told me to do. I pulled the handles, ejected, plane crash. I come down my parachute. He gets picked up. He walks in the door. He said, Rich, Aaron Brown at that time, it worked as advertised. Now, I'm here to tell you today, guys, your life, if you don't know Jesus, you're doing this. When you, when, until Jesus pulls us out, and Jesus always works as advertised. He always works as advertised. He's a healer. He's the one that lifts my soul. He does all things. Not a new car. Nothing of that. Does me the way he does. If you're doing this, your only way out is to give your life to Jesus and let him, let him pull you out. He said, in a split second, I was out. And I'm walking today because it works as advertised. I'm sitting here over 20 years ago because Jesus works as advertised. I was in that negative dive. And when I'm walking with him and I feel like I'm in a negative dive, I get in the word and he'll pull me out. Should I press? If you don't, what goals are you, pre- are you pressing toward? What's your goals you pressing toward? Because we all have goals. Paul says, I was a Pharisee. Man, I was the worst. I was press- putting people in jail. I'm responsible for Stephen dying. I had all the knowledge in the world. He said, I call that rubbish. And now my only thing I want to do is be pleasing to God. No shortcuts, no feelings. And he didn't worry about what society said. He asked what God wanted him to do. Make sense? Let's go on to 15. He said, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. If one, at some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Isn't that great? 16, and let us live up to what we have already attained. Now, verse 15 is interesting. He says, if you, I wrote this down. If you think you arrived, right, God will let you know you have a way to go. You know, you think I got out until you pick up this word. And he says, and I read the Bible, I'm saying, whoa, I am so far away from you. I can't judge this guy. Well, I'm better than he. No, 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 no. You judge your life off me, not them. And when I do that, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I read the word. The word starts reading me. I think I'm okay. I think I'm fine. I start reading. Oh, wow. I got a long way to go. What are you going to do? I'm going to pray. God, thank you for your grace for revealing this. He will reveal it to you. I don't have to even point it out to you. When you're in your Bible, God will point it out to you. My job is not to be an inspector. My job is to help you. Amen? It says this in Philippians 2.13. For it's God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That's the Holy Spirit work. I'm not doing it, working this all up. He's working in me. Now, a lot of us reject the Holy Spirit, but you need the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. You can't reject him. 
Now, he gets, he gets slammed all over the place. I don't believe in him. And you look miserable. You really look miserable because you don't believe in him trying to do it all yourself. Isn't that hard? Isn't life hard? And he's, Christian, a Christian is hard. No, it's not. You have an enabler. His name's the Holy Spirit. And, you know, he'll, how many know he convicts you? Think you're doing all that. And he said, oh, really? I thought you had love, Rich. Yeah, I did. No, well, not really. Now, he says, big 16, live up to what Jesus has attained for you. What he's saying is, when we gave our life to Christ, justification came our platform. I'm no longer guilty. Don't lose that. Now, you won't lose your salvation, but you'll lose your reward. Listen to me. You'll lose your reward. When you think you have arrived, you become a, a fancy word that we see in the Bible called a Pharisee. You know that we know the Pharisees. We see them all the time. They're the ones that really, they're in church, but Christ is not in them. You ever see them? We know, we know a couple of them, right? They're in church, they tithe, they have perfect attendance, but Christ is not in them. They, they criticize. We've seen a lot of Pharisees the last few weeks. How many believe that? A lot of Pharisees. I'll move on. It's gotten quiet in here. <laughs> you got to be open for repentance. You got to be open for correction from God. If you're not open for correction from God, you'll be offended when your supervisor uh, uh, corrects you. Make sense? You got to repent. You got to learn how to, repentance is your best friend. It's not about you getting better. It's about you getting holier. I hear truth, I repent. I walk in faith. I hear truth, I repent. I walk in faith. I hear truth every day. I got to repent the way I was thinking, the way I was seeing things, and I have to repent. We all have to do that. And that's what makes it fun, because you think you are, and God tells me all the time. Now I always say, God, you're amazing. He says, I know I am. <laughs> I say, yeah, I know. I'm reading your word. He says, I'm God. I love the Old Testament. I'm God. I do what I want. I'm like, you said that? <laughs> yeah, I'm God. I created everything. It's not about you. It's about me. So, so that's living in progression. Enjoy your progress. I wasn't like I was yesterday. Now, he also said part two, rejoice in your future. That's the glorification. Look, but you're going to stop here first. Verse 17, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just have you as a model. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Now, what is he talking about? First Corinthians 11, 1 says, imitate me as I imitate Jesus. What is he saying? Old-fashioned discipleship. Old-fashioned discipleship. Someone's a chapter ahead of me, I'm hanging out with them. I'm in a discipleship group, I, I grow up that way. My whole identity, a lot of my identity, guys, was shaped in this church. It was shaped with other people. You cannot do this by yourself. You can't be you, it's just me and Jesus. It doesn't work. You cannot enjoy the head and, and neglect the body. We're the body of Christ. Everything you need is right here, but you got to say, yes, I will submit. Not to me, to Jesus. To other people who have what you don't have, that what you need. Amen? Yeah. 
And he says, keep your eyes on that pattern of life. Is it a perfect pattern? No. But watch how they make mistakes and they recover. Watch how they handle um, uh, crisis and they recover. Watch their honesty. Not, and then here's the thing. When you get close to a leader, don't point out their flaws. Pray for their flaws. You know how we all become, well, that's my next scripture. I got to keep going. Verse 18. Here we go. Let's go here. There you go. For as I often told you before, and now I tell you even with tears, this broke his heart. Many live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is in destruction. Their God is in their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Now, what is he saying here? He's not talking about outside the church. This is a letter to the church. Now, it's the people I said who are in church, but not in Christ. Their mind is set on earthly things. That's what he's talking about. They're in church. But now now in Christ, we met them before. I call them the uh, fruit inspectors. And they've been coming out of the woodworks lately. Because you know the question of this week was, what about Kanye? What about Kanye? Well, you know, I don't, who cares what you think? God does. Really? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, well, are you, oh, you, I know what you're saying. Because he's a public figure, his sins are identified quicker and you're a private citizen and no one knows what you do except God is that what you're saying to me now this I'm wanting to tell you this not you know again when I get up there God's not gonna say hey God what about him he doesn't know what about you and you'll be surprised when you get to heaven who's there well you'll be surprised you'll be like oh my gosh I gotta repent too late you're with me now He's saying, why are you caught up in that? Now, I'm going to tell you, nothing happens over, nothing happens that hasn't happened before. I have to imagine Paul, murderer, prosecutor, when he, Ananias said, I got to go pray for that cat. Really? I got to go pray for him? God said, I want you to go lay hands on him so he can see. You mean him, the guy kills people? And, and he said, I'm having a hard time with a God. And, and God told him, well, Ananias, I got to tell you this. I told him your name. <laughs> you told him my name? Really? You told him my name? Yeah, now you got to go. I mean, there it is. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Your name's out there. That's what he told him. And I know Peter had to say, Matthew? God, you, you, you picked Matthew? That guy's a crook. I'm not hanging. Oh, so all of a sudden now you're self-righteous because you know me two days longer? I picked them on purpose because I'm here to tell you there's no one too far gone that Jesus can't transform. Look at Paul. All of a sudden we know why? So we stop doing what the game God called us to do. We're so looking at each other, we forgot to look at the lost and make them, and make them found. Come on, come on. That's what we have done, and we become judges. And it becomes boring being a, ju- a, um, being a fruit inspector. Wow. Everyone, you know, church is boring. Really? Really? Maybe you're boring, but Jesus isn't boring. <laughs> I, think, I think Jesus is amazing. Brother walked on water and wow. I mean, <laughs> he's got something going on. I think I'm going to hang with him. Now, you can stay in your little boring life. That's fine. 
You know, he uses me to talk to people about G, about him, and I fumble all over the place, and then they, all of a sudden they get saved. I'm like, that ain't boring. That's no way boring. And he says, I want you, the one who never want to talk in front of people, sit here and talk in front of people. Really? This is scary. Every week. And I'm like, okay, this is not boring. This is not boring at all. It's boring when you stop doing what he called you to do. When your purpose is all about you, you become a a very big, boring person. You do. It's all about you. But I've been noticing something. God's been stretching all our lives. When people are getting saved all over the place, we're like, well, what do you think? Well, I don't know. What do you think? I haven't thought about that. So he says, they set their mind on earthly things. Romans 8, 6, 8 says, For to set your mind on the flesh is death. Here's a question for each and every one of us. What does the future hold for you? What are you looking forward to? Verse 20 answers that. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await the Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I love this part of it because verse 20 says, My home is with Christ in heaven, not with Caesar, which represented them in those days, the world. My home is not in the world. It's in heaven. So I have a heavenly mindset. And I'm here temporarily to to bring heaven here to earth. Now, to make this real, Philippi was a colony of Rome, which means Rome took over Philippi, and they became a colony. All their provision came from Rome. Their protection came from Rome. Their laws came from Rome. They didn't have to worry about anything. Interesting thing is, N.T. Wright says this. The church at the present is a colony of heaven. Let it sink in. Because you think it's just two songs and a sermon. The church at the present is a colony of heaven. Where does our provision come from? Heaven. Where does my protection come from? Heaven. Where does all everything we need come from? Heaven. Thank you. We are a colony of heaven. That's when you walk in here. Come on, somebody. When you walk in here, you feel something different. When we worship God, because we are actually bringing heaven down to earth, not waiting for the glory days now, we can make the glory days today. So when you're in the space, as we call now in the space, it's amazing. I came in there all exhausted. Now, I mean, what is that? What's going on? Well, heaven is touching earth in that moment, and the only way you're going to find that is not in the concert, not in Walmart, not in your job, not in the Air Force Base, only in his church. Nowhere else. And it's fun. It's amazing. And he doesn't stop there. Man, he doesn't stop there. 21 says, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under control will transform your lowly Lord. Transform this body so that you'll be like the glorious body. That word glorification comes in play. See, Jesus in our last days will transform our earthly body 
into glorious bodies. 1 Corinthians 15, 53 says, For the perishable body must be put on, must put on the imperishable. Wow. You mean I thought, oh yeah. And the mortal body must put on the immortality. Oh. Is that my end, my future? So I love to live my life from the end to the beginning. I already know the end. Let me have a great time in the dash. Let me have a great time in the sanctification. I already know the end, and I know the beginning. I know where I was, but right here, hey man, let's have some fun. Let's bring people to Jesus. Let's plant churches. Let's make disciples. Man, what else is there to do? Now I'm going to have my bumps. I'm going to have my bruises. But you all love my man. Oh, gosh. I got to remember his name now. Scars. Who makes Scars? The song Scars. See? Y'all forget already. Thank you. Toby Mack. He's a prophet. In this life, you're going to have some scars. Right? Don't judge me now. I'm 62. I can say what I want. Anyway. But <laughs> you're going to have some scars. But guess what? Look up. The song says look up. Yeah, I'm going to look up, and he'll pull you up. But the greatest part of this is, i got to end this. The greatest part of this, guys, is in verse 4.1. It says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters whom I love and long for, my joy, my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. If you've been with us the last few months, really last for me is the last six months, it's been hard. It was tough. But the greatest thing that I had and we got, our true joy comes from pressing, us pressing together. When we had some hard times, it was hard. But I had some friends that work hard, that serve harder. We grew closer to Christ and we grew closer to one another. Well, the greatest thing was Sunday morning. Here we go. Wednesday, Wednesday morning with the fellas, the future leaders of this place. Here we go. D group. Here we go. And I said, this is so much fun. I know everything's going wrong, but I tell you what, my true joy is you. What he was saying is, my true joy is you, Philippians. My true joy is you, church. Why? Because that's where my true joy is. My joy. My crown. He says, I have my reward right now here on earth. It's just going to get better when I get up there. And I know things will pull me down, but when I walk in and see other people, we're walking together, we're praying together, we're hanging out together, we're growing together. Wow. Wow. I'm like, yeah, I can do this for the rest of my days. Woo. I'm excited. Thank you, Holy Spirit. One thing you got to remember about me, it's never about hype. I kind of preach off my cuff. But it's been amazing. We have weathered some storms. Corporately and personally. And we're still weathering them. But I tell you what, there's not a better group of people I'd rather weather with. Don't stop coming. Don't stop praying. Don't start gathering. Don't stop. This is an outburst. This is a, this is a colony of heaven. 
when I felt like the earth was crushing me on side those doors, when I come in this building, heaven has lifted me up. And heaven is in each and every one of us. How you see life is a whole lot different. Amen? If you're exhausted, the Bible says, and I know I'm over again. I'm 11.59. If I end at 12, I'm good. This is a scripture I wrote down for myself. Jeremiah 31.25. For I will satisfy, satisfy the weary soul, and every languishing soul I will replenish. And I've been getting replenished a lot. Through God and through each and every one of you. Act like my last speech is not going to die tomorrow. But I, I refuse to start telling people how great they are when they're dead. I want to tell them when they're alive. That's what I learned. When I thought I had time, when I had my surgery in my neck, and they gave me the wrong medicine, my heart stopped. Eternity came this close. And all I remember was smiling and then waking up. Don says, I ain't leaving you. I said, what happened? I'll tell you later. But eternity came right here. How about you? What's your goal? What's your target? Do you have a glorious future? Or are you just trudging through this thing religiously? Is the Holy Spirit your best friend? Or are you just working this thing, hoping I'm in church but I'm not in Christ? Every eye closed, every head bowed. You know, I'm, t- I'm talking, we go to church with people. They're in church, doing all the church things, but they're not in Christ. And they're living life on a maybe. And living life distressed and hoping that God will love them because I showed up. And he's saying now, do you want to give your life to Jesus? Right now in this moment. I mean, give your life to Christ. Not to the church, to Christ on a personal level. So you'll know this joy we're talking about. If that's you, wherever you are, raise your hand wherever you are. Anybody? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? This is for you. I, I did this on purpose. Who else? Lives are being transformed right now. Anybody else? Meet two ladies here. Lady behind you. Anyone else? Keep your hand up wherever you are. Have another one. Anybody else? Mr. Noble? Can you go over here? Thank you. Anybody else? Someone's going to come take your hand, take you outside. Anyone else? I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word rearranges our life, our schedule. Father, I pray by the Holy Spirit here, Lord, we'll know who we are through you. Father, I don't want, my life is not to spend the rest of my days exhausted. My My life is to spend my days exuberant. Let your word dictate my feelings. Though the feelings will tell me what's wrong, your word fixes what's wrong in my heart. So, Father, feelings are not a bad thing. It's a good thing because it identifies what's wrong and you're able to heal what's wrong. You are a great healer. You're a great 
and power. Thank you for those whose life has been altered this morning. We praise you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.